Hey guys, it's Clayton from 316 Creative Works. Hey, listen, if you know me, you know that 316 Creative Works exists to partner with artists, businesses, and churches. Uh, one of my good friends is a business guy. It's the Maynard family, and they run a business, and now they're in partnership with us. So that's Precision Door Service. Listen, in case of emergency, I always call Precision Door Service. They are experts in repairing, replacing all your garage doors and overhead doors. They can be reached. They got two numbers. The Indiana side is area code 219-306-8155. Again, 219-306-8155. Now, on the Illinois side, uh, Precision Door Service can be uh, contacted at area code 708-474-6657. And number again is 708-474-6657. You can always get them at precisiongarage-door.com. That's precisiongarage-door.com. Of course, we'll probably have Justin throw a contact card up there for you so you guys can see it if you're watching this. Again, this is Clayton from 316 Creative Works introducing you to another member of the family, the business of precision door service. Thanks, guys. Thanks for checking us out. Thanks. Thanks for checking out another 316 podcast. I am Clayton from 316 Creative Works, and today uh, we are talking with Carl Boonder. However, before we get into that, I need to thank my favorite people in the whole entire world. Of course, we always want to thank Larry and Sandy, our technical producer, who is Justin. Uh, of course, the house manager, and by house, I mean the farmhouse manager is Danielle, and our creative producer, who is Esther. Guys, uh, it is it is such an incredible honor, and, and you, you guys will find out why. But it's such an incredible honor to have with me at the table today, Carl Boonder. And uh, over the next uh, two or three episodes, you're going to find out just how important of a man he actually is. So um, w without any more introduction, we're going to get into it because uh, it's going to be a good one, I'm going to tell you. So uh, Carl Boonder, here, here's an interesting thing. What, what do I call you? Oh man! Old, I should call you an old man. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what I am. Well, I mean, my my whole life, you were Mister Boonder, right? And then a little bit later in life, after I became an adult and got into some careers and some professions, we kind of rekindled our old uh, romance, and you said, "Call me Carl." Right. Remember, I, used, you know, I mean, you were always Mister Mister Boonder. You tried to be cool and say, "Call me Mister B." Mister B. That's right. Yeah. Well. Uh, what do you want me to call you? Carl. Carl's good. Yes. Because we're peers now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're getting old, too. Uh, now, I, we, I always believe in um, truth and lending, so I never want to try and confuse anybody. So just, just so just so everybody knows uh, how I know you, um, my mom and dad went to, uh, they, they were... They, they, they were teenagers in a little town called Sauk Village, Illinois. And there, uh, there was a little church out there. So, so there was a bigger church in Lansing. 
uh, first Christian Reformed of Lansing. They set up a little daughter church or, or an outreach church in Sauk Village. And my parents were teenagers when that happened, 12, 13, 14 years old. Uh, my mom uh, has her own broken story. So she started attending this church as a, as a girl, as a young teenager. And through that, she became a Christian. Uh, her, her boyfriend, eventually her husband, my, my dad eventually became a Christian. Um, my mother's mother, so granny, became a Christian. And, and I was raised in that church. Emmanuel Christian Reformed Church. And um, I remember the 70s and 80s, it, it being a pretty extraordinary place. And one of the things that made it extraordinary was you, back then, were a big deal. And you were my Sunday school teacher. I mean, do you, do you remember those days? Oh, do I? Okay, so just so everybody knows, Carl, Mr. B. Boonder was my Sunday school teacher, I'm thinking, 35 years ago or so. But we'll get back into that, just so everybody knows. So, Carl, how old are you? I'm just shy of 80. So you're almost 80. And maybe maybe by the time this, uh, this show airs, you might be 80. Um, what are you doing today? Well, I'm retired out. I worked full-time until I was 77, and uh, in order to give my replacement, because I was running a a full-time ministry called uh, Legacy Leadership Forums at that time, uh, in order to—I brought him on. He was with me for five years, and in order to to take my place, and I got to the point where he's ready. I have to get out of the way, so I did, but I I was—retirement was something that was foreign to me. It didn't look good to me, but I had to give him an opportunity to take over. Um, boy, there's so much to unpack there. So today, you're gainfully retired. Right? <laughs> well, all about gainfully. I find it frustrating. Yeah, you, uh, you'd rather work. I'd rather have something to do yeah. every day. I have, to, I have to look for things to do. Uh-huh. You, uh, you 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 sold the the family house, right? Yes, we did. And you live now in a community. I want to call it an old folks home because it's not. But no, it it's, a reti- it's a re- it's a retirement community. It's uh, independent living. Yeah, and you're good. You're happy. Uh, well, I'll describe it. I'll I'll tell you how I describe it to other people. My wife died and went to heaven. Okay, she loves it. She loves it, and I tolerate it. Yeah. Uh, she loves community. And you just feel like you're just too on, too on top of people. Well, it's probably 80, 20 uh, ratio of women for men. Oh. <laughs> and now you take the, the older guys, and that's nothing negative, but they're older guys. Some of them are not well or whatever, whatever. So there's very few males there. That you can hang out with. Right. Yeah. And uh, I built a rapport with a couple of them, but yeah. Uh, no, no yard work to do. <laughs> No, right. and that was one of my hobbies. Yeah, and that, you kind of missed that, right? I, I remember coming over to your house and watching you torch in the backyard and <laughs> burning down your wildflowers. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, you, you, uh, you, you've got some kids still, right? I mean, your, your three daughters are got still... Got three daughters married and ten grandkids, and I think we got three great-grandchildren and one on the way. Uh, and and your, uh, Annette is your wife? Yes. And the, chi- the, the, the wife of your youth? 
Yeah, we we were we were dating in uh, high school. And you're and you're she's still with us, and you're still married, yep. and yep, happily. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I figured, but I didn't. I'm sure there were some some years, right? So, all right. So that's what we're doing today. That's that's how you live today. But let's let's go back a little bit. Let's go back eighty years. Tell me about your parents. Um, my dad was one of nine boys. Uh, his father certainly didn't show any affection to his boys. Yeah. Okay. So this was. I mean. So this is your dad, and you're 80. So so this must have been 90 years ago, 100 years ago. This is back in the days when men were not emotional. Right. They weren't uh, around. They oh. just went and worked, came home, ate, went to bed. Worked, came home, ate, went to bed. My dad came here to the United States with nine brothers and two sisters. From where? Holland. Oh, they're 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 Dutch. You guys are they're Dutch. Dutch. Okay. So you are part of the mafia, the Dutch, the <laughs> yes. Dutch mafia. Yeah, I I lay claim to that. Okay. So your your dad's one of nine, and and his dad was not a, was not really around much. Or well, he was a farmer. Around. He was around, uh-huh. but as far as relationships, I would to be nice. He I don't know that he knew how. Yeah. Uh, children were to be seen and not heard. Yeah, work. Uh, and you worked, he had a farm, and he had nine boys, and that's what kept them alive. And uh, the boys all worked on the farm until they were old enough to escape. Yeah, and uh, did they move to the Chicagoland area? Uh, they landed in Lansing on the west side of town. No kidding, 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And there used to be a place on uh, 186th Street called Boonder's Pond. No kidding. And the kids in Lansing knew it was a place to ice skate. Okay. Now that's a subdivision now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, did you, did you know your grandpa? Oh, yes. Yeah. And he lived, uh, he lived in, he lived in Lansing. He was retired. He he lived to be 99. Uh, how about your mom's side? My mom came out of Whitensville, Massachusetts, uh, left home very early in age, uh, to get a Christian education in Patterson, New Jersey. And so she left as a freshman. And never really lived at home again, except for maybe a month or two in the summer. And so she moved to... Uh, Patterson, New Jersey. New she Jersey. stayed with a pastor and his wife to go to a Christian grade school. Okay. And high, and high school. Uh-huh. And no, just, I'm sorry, not a grade school, just a high school. And from there, she went to Calvin College. Okay. Became a school teacher. All right. Moved to Roseland. Uh-huh. Became a teacher in Roseland Christian grade school. Yeah, yeah. And, different world back then, though, wasn't it? Oh, yes. Totally different. Yeah. And my dad met her one night on a Sunday night after church where a bunch of singles were getting together, and the rest is history. Was your dad older than her? Uh, by a few years, yeah, yeah. so not too much. It wasn't one of those... My dad was handicapped. Oh, he was? Yes. My what? dad was severely handicapped. Severely handicapped. Uh, he was born with a very unique uh, thing that when I, was a, when I was younger, we could walk downtown Hammond and see other people who walked like my father. And that was the thing that you, you were born with this socket of your up, your leg your hip, your outside side. of the socket. And they didn't catch it back then. And so in order to learn how to walk, the, they the, the literally ground the new socket into the hip. And so they limped terribly bad. And my dad didn't find that out until many years later. And once they, they did, once that was discovered and they start checking on it, um, that thing disappeared. And our youngest daughter, when she was married, on her first checkup, 
the doctor had her on the table. I was sitting right with him. And he takes her two little legs and pulls them out. And he says, take her downstairs for x-rays. Uh-huh. Took her downstairs for x-rays, and she was born the same way. Uh-huh. So just to, just to clarify, you said your daughter, when she was married, they discovered this. You mean your daughter, when she was born, she discovered this? Yeah, they discovered her as yeah. an infant. Okay. Uh, so is it hereditary? or is it? Yeah, just... it's a hereditary thing. Uh-huh. And, and back then, they didn't know... They didn't know. They didn't have X-ray or none of that stuff. So the so the 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 hip is not growing in. It did not grow, form into the socket. So it formed outside of yeah, the socket. Yeah, the femur bone. Yeah, yeah, didn't didn't form in the socket. So so your 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 father walked with a limp all of his life. Yeah, an acute limp. Yeah. Um, and he was a farmer. Did that? Well, he, he um, because he limped. My grandpa paid to have him go to one year of college, and that was in Hammond at yeah. some business college. Yeah. So he went to one year of business college, uh-huh. and um, and I don't know much about that period of time, but uh, he became a, a sign painter, self-employed, and he also lettered uh, windows, doctor's windows, and you know, doctor yeah. so-and-so, Decals, on yeah. gold gold stuff and all that kind of so he was he 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 was artistic in heart. Okay. And he made a living doing that. Yeah. Because he, he couldn't do much physical labor. I'm he a, couldn't I'm do assuming. much physical at all. And then he became a, a professional photographer, and that's what he, he made a living on the rest of his life. So you come into the scene. Um, are you the oldest, youngest? Second. You're the second of four. Four kids. So you come into the scene, and you just, just like the rest of us, uh, you don't really know your parents' history until you get a little bit older in life. So you're just raised uh, the second uh, with a school teacher mom and a father who was a professional photographer who's also handicapped. Right. Yeah. And I thought nothing of it. Yeah, that was just normal life. And uh, and you were born and raised in Lansing? Yep. By Boonder Pond? No, that's where my dad was raised. Okay. I was raised on Burnham Avenue right behind the First Reformed Church, the first house. Still there. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, um, what was life like as a child? No, no, it was it was very normal, I think. Um, I went to Lansing Christian School. I walked to grade school from Burnham Avenue to Lansing Christian School on, on the other side of town, uh, even as a first grader. Um, I had... Two very good friends. One was a couple blocks north of me, and one was a half a block south of me. And that was my grade school years. It was, uh, you know. So we like to say that here, and, and some some people say, "Well, what does normal mean?" I, I get I get what normal is, and and that's that's kind of what I mean. So you kind of had a normal childhood. Your parents, uh, normal school, Christian education, normal kid. You probably got into some trouble throwing rocks at. Dog, neighbor dogs or whatever, just normal childhood stuff. I mean, nothing, nothing crazy or radical. Your your dad wasn't a, a, a coke dealer, and your mom. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just good, solid people. Yeah. What was what was community like back then? Uh, almost every Sunday night, you either went to somebody's house for coffee after church, or you had some. My mom might have somebody over for. Yeah, because this is 75, 70 years ago. Yes. Uh, probably right around when Lansing Christian School was just starting. Right. I mean, it's probably ten years old by then. I couldn't know. It was there when I, I, all I know, it was there when I came around. Um, and so school years, school, Sunday was Sunday. Mm, Very much so. 80 years ago, 70, 75 years ago, it was 
get up, get dressed, drive to church, come home, family dinner, back to church. No, we we had special toys for Sunday. <laughs> you had special toys. Yes. You, Carl, you got to tell me about the special toys. Oh, yes. My mother had a box of toys with trucks in it and blocks, and that was, she pulled it out of the cupboard on Sunday after church, after we had dinner, and we got to play with those those toys only on Sunday. Really? Yes. So, so what was your Monday through Saturday toys like? Um, we played outside an awful lot. Okay, so you were just out, outside kids. Yeah, on Sunday, we pretty much didn't play outside. We played with blocks and trucks and stuff okay. like that. So <clears throat> probably playing outside would have been too exhaustive maybe seen as work, and we certainly didn't want to do that on Sunday. So you were able to stay inside and play with your fancy toys mm-hmm. on Sundays. Uh, fancy meal, and then back to church Sunday mm-hmm. night. That's right. And then after church, either you'd go someplace or somebody would come over. That was for fellowship time. Regularly. Yeah. Uh, grade school was fine, normal. Mom, dad, a couple other kids came along. Um Who's your oldest sibling? My oldest sibling is brother John. John, is he still with us? No. Nope. He passed away. He's with the Lord. And then the second is you? And then my brother Paul. Paul, yes. Well, we can get into him later. <laughs> Paul's an extraordinary fella. Yes, he is. Yeah. Exceptional. And and then number number four then is? My sister. Your sister, and she's still with us. She's in Iowa. She's in Iowa. She's a pig farmer in No, Iowa. no. He, he was a teacher at a school very much like Elam that we oh. have around here. Yeah, yeah. So special needs adults. The, a special needs school, yeah. and he was there his whole career. Um. Tell me about uh, high school then. Did you go to the, the next Christian high school? We went to Ileana. We went to Ileana. Yeah, that's when it was just one, one story in the, in the front building. Uh-huh. And uh, again, just normal? Just oh, normal yeah, high school? Could, you, you played sports? I mean, what, what kind no, of No, I didn't school? play sports. Uh-huh. I, uh, I was a poor student. I didn't like school. Didn't like any part of it. I hung around with a couple of boys that were very much like me. Um, but you, you, weren't, you weren't bad. I cannot tell you how many times I got kicked out of class to go to study hall. Uh, because you were cutting up, talking too much, talking. laughing. You just talking. so you're a talker. Yeah, well, we're very thankful that you you made a life out of talking. Then, right? <laughs> I did. I used to play I, in one of my classes. I'm not going to mention the teacher. Uh, we played tic tac toe five days a week, passing a paper back and forth. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming I would have known the teacher or some. Oh yes. Witness. Um. So you weren't a bad kid in high school, but you got in trouble. You're talkative. You're too uh, talk talk too much, but you weren't a smoker. Nope. You weren't a partier. Nope. Uh, you weren't a jock. Did, did no. You, did you work in high school? Oh yeah, I had to work. I had to pay my own tuition. Okay. Uh, what was tuition back at Indiana Christian High School back then? Do you remember? Boy. All I know is I made seventy five cents an hour. Yeah, I made 75 cents an hour pumping gas in the gas station and then washing cars on Saturday. Uh-huh. And we started at 7 o'clock in the morning and we probably paid, went to, we probably quit washing cars at 6 o'clock. Uh, at night. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is what paid for your private Christian education. I had to bring every, every of that, that. I had to bring all that home. And maybe I got a buck allowance a week or something like that. Uh, did you like High school? I mean, other than school, obviously. But did you like the experience, the community, the, the, the teachers, the friends? 
No, I couldn't wait to get out of high school. Okay, you hated you hated high school. I, I wouldn't say I hated it, but I certainly didn't like it. You were ready to move on. Oh yes, I couldn't wait to go to work full time. Uh, uh, any any funny stories? Uh, anything that you can remember, particularly um, good stories about high school? Well, one that stands <laughs> out in my mind is I had gotten a uh, what they call a seventh period. Yeah, and I was well, that like a detention? A detention. Okay, yeah. And I think I was either the junior or senior at the time. And we had to go, all those kids that got one during the day would go to up the library and somebody would babysit us. And that's when the second story was there and they had a gym in the back now. And um, myself and another fellow, I'll, I'll not name him, mm-hmm. uh, we crawled out the window of that gym. Of course you did. On top of the gym roof, yeah. which dropped us onto the shower section of the gym. Uh-huh. And we dropped down to the ground. And then we jacked up, I won't name him, uh-huh. a teacher's car and put a couple of blocks underneath it. And then we snuck in the front door, went back to the, the seventh hour detention. Seventh yeah. hour upstairs. They never even knew we were gone. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, was a, it was a great victory, I thought. Yeah. Now, it, did, did you ever get caught? No. Nobody ever knew? Nobody ever that, well, you, you must have been a senior or something because that, yeah, I was that a, takes Yeah, I, I was a junior or senior at yeah, that I mean, point. Yeah, I mean, freshmen don't do that. No. But as a senior, we pretty much had this... Because we, I lived through the building of the second, the addition and all of that. Yeah. So you knew that <clears> place pretty intimately. Oh, yes. You knew every uh, nook and cranny of that building. Yes. And not because I attended all the classes there. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Uh, and this is also where you met your wife. No. Oh, you didn't? No. She's, she's from Roseland, Roseland, Illinois, uh-huh. which is the city of Chicago. Yeah. So I, I thought you said you, you met her in high school. Yeah. I, we, were, we were both seniors at the time. Uh-huh. And I hung around with uh, her cousin. And um, one day he says, I want to go see my cousins up in Roseland. Uh-huh. So, yeah, we... Rode up to uh, Roseland, went to find his two cousins. And when we got there, he knocks on the door, and this girl answers the door. And he says, oh, no, my brothers aren't here. They're both out. So we got back in the car, and I said to Sid, Sid, you never told me about her. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so a few weeks later, I uh, drove up there by myself, yeah. and I asked her out. And I got a negative. Yeah, of course. And uh, But two weeks later, I yeah. did... You kept working on it. Yeah. <laughs> and you fell madly in love at first sight. I mean, you saw her, she answered the door. You're like, holy cow. Yeah. Uh, yes. She said no. She said yes. And then you guys are seniors in different high schools, and you start dating. Yes. Now, is this life-changing dating? You know, I can't say, and I can't look back and say that was life-changing. Um it was just, to me, it was natural. Everybody was looking for a girlfriend, and I yeah. didn't have one, and I started taking her out. Um, I had a curfew. She didn't ha- She didn't necessarily had a curfew. Um, she had two older brothers. Uh, one was a wild man, and the other one, uh, uh, it, shortly after we got married and he was married, he became blind. Mm-hmm. So we got very involved in his life. The, the, the one who was a wild man? Or the no, other the other one. Uh-huh. Uh, and he pretty much was blind all his married life. Mm-hmm. Um, your tell me about your your parents, your uh, relationship with them throughout high school. My mother was very sensitive. 
It, like, uh, she listened. Okay. So she was emotionally. So she she had compassion, passionate, yes. and could sit yes. with you as you could talk about high school problems and stuff. My dad uh, was emotional the other direction. So... Uh, you're, so it sounds like maybe your dad was a little bit like his dad. He was oh, very much um, dis, uh, all, disconnected. All those boys were, yeah, except for one. Yeah. So they, so your dad was a part of your life. Oh yeah. He just wasn't a kind man. He, I I don't think he ever saw it, and he didn't know how to practice it. Because he came from a very authoritarian father, yeah, so, very authoritarian. Yeah. So he didn't know how to love. No. Would you consider, well, look, looking back on that, would you consider that dysfunction? Today we would. Yeah. Back then, I don't think I was that unique. Yeah. I mean, guys had a hard time making a living. Yeah. I was born in 1941. The war was there. Yeah. And we were, and, and they re, they remember the depression. Oh yes, and they're fully and the war. into the war. World war two, um, and so so you were raised um, just in that in that environment of a depressive, very much authoritative. So you were were you afraid to to be bad or to no? There was at first of all there was no, no <laughs> there was no opportunity. We were poor. Yeah. Uh, what was there to be bad about? Yeah. I mean, you lived in your neighborhood and you played in the field. Yeah. And you went to work. And then when I got to be a teenager, I went to work. Um, and all my friends were pretty much in the same boat I was in. Yeah. I didn't think myself exceptionally neglected or left out of anything. We all worked. We all worked from freshman in high school on. We yeah. worked. But did that leave? did that leave a sour... Relationship with your dad? I wouldn't say a sour relationship. I guess I got to the point where I didn't miss him if I didn't have him. If he wasn't around, if he didn't see me, I didn't see him. Uh, he was never affectionate ever. My mother was, but not my dad. Uh, but he was never, he never experienced affection. Right. I mean, can you imagine a farmer yeah. with horse and buggy and nine boys? So, in high school, the, the the less he was around, the happier you were. Well, my dad's business was in the house, so he was around twenty four seven. So when I came, when I went to school, he was home. When I came back from school, he was home. In fourth or fifth grade, I start walking from Lansing Christian School to his place of business on Ridge Road in Lansing, and I worked and went home with him at night. So I I was working from. Well, fourth or fifth grade, yeah. uh, there was no play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. What, what an extraordinary childhood is very different uh, today. <laughs> I mean, ch childhood childhood is very different today than it than it was. They're, 70, they're very 75, 60 years. Very ago. unmature. Yeah. Hey, let's take a break uh, here real quick. We've been through grandparents and parents and grade school and high school and dad and meeting the net. But we're going to catch up on that next time uh, in our second episode of Talking with Carl Boonder. Guys, what an honor that it is that you have joined us today. I'm Clayton from 316 Creative Works. Thanks for sharing time with us. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Hey, this is Clayton from 316 Creative Works. 
talking about our podcast. Listen, if you like any of this stuff that you saw or you heard, I'm going to give you a couple places where you might find it besides coming in live to the Farmhouse Studios. There's a couple platforms you can find these on. Um, <clears throat> so you can check out Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and SoundCloud. So for the cheap seats in the back there, let me say this one more time. You can go to Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and SoundCloud. You can find it under 316 Podcasts.